folks, back on the Boss Man Show, special guest Patrice Simpson, also known as LaBella Teresa Model. You can check her out on the Instagram and the Clubhouse Streets, doing big things in the, out there here in the ATL, doing it big for BBW Models, Plus Size Models, making it body positive movement where it should be, folks. We got on the show to talk about all that good stuff. Patrice, how are you doing today? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on the Boss Man Show. I'm excited. Excited to be here and definitely to be able to talk more about body positivity and the changes in the industry, too. So. Yes, indeed. And I'll be I, I got you some of your topics here you send me. Now, I'll tell you this. And I was a younger guy. I wasn't into bigger women. I wasn't. I was against it. I was oh. like I was like the nah, it's too big for me. No, nah, nah, I'm good. As I've gotten older, I flip, I flip, flip the script. See, I, I mature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so yeah, so I understand because you know, now my preference is a plus size woman. Now, before it was different type. So that's my preference now. So I can say for me, uh, as a host, as a man, personally, professionally, I, I'm all about that life now. So I. Seeing the, the, what you're doing, what you're, what you're doing in your, in your modeling career and what you're about and your influence, want to have people on to have you on to talk about it because I feel like Patrice, a lot of people don't understand. They, they, they all you want is the pencil thin model. They want to mm -hmm. put you in a little in a box. Mm -hmm. No, you can do anything you want to do. Runway, shoots, magazines, acting, whatever. You know, it's got to be a pencil. So I want to talk about that and how the industry is changing and showing more love to the plus-size women now. Yes, definitely. Uh, for me, in plus-size modeling is something that I just kind of um, walked into in my life's journey. I first got into it because my cousin just happened to be uh, a costume designer for because my heritage is Trini, um, meaning for those who don't understand, Trinidad and Tobago. So um, this runs in my blood carnival. So uh, she creates costumes and she uh, one day just decided to, to let me actually model her costumes. I just happened just to go over there. And when I went on the stage, it was just uh, like a completely different feeling. Like you could just feel like in your soul, like that warmth of this is where I came alive. This is like, this is what I'm supposed to be. I'll just be here. Like, I love this so, so much. So after that, I just continued to venture um, further into it. I got in contact with my modeling agency now, the AI model management, and I just continued on with that journey. And along the way, I recognized that, um, especially in Carnival, there's not much representation for women that are my size. Like if you go now, like commercialized, um, you would see um, kind of the thinner shaped model for the front line. They have different sections, like front line, midsection, and back line. And back line is always covered up. So models that, you know, are my shape would do that. So in Atlanta, shout out to Atlanta DeKalb Carnival, they have more inclusivity for bodies. Um, so we would see more women that, um, that are my shape because I really consider myself a plus size, you know, BBW um, body shape. And I would see more women out there really modeling this and in turn would see more women on the road without t-shirts on because women who are not um, comfortable with their bodies I've seen in carnival would wear more clothes 
and the thinner models would be in like literally just a string and some bedazzled beads on there and a back piece. And I'm like, I would have been out there with just bedazzled, you know, strings and a back piece as well, being as free and as bold as I possibly can. And when I did that since 2017 to now, unfortunately, COVID is, you know, being a party pooper, but it's definitely set to come back for 2022. So get ready. Um, it's already in the works. And when I started doing that from 2017 um, up to 2019, it was a completely different change um, of conversation of people being interested of like, oh, the thicker girl's out here with all of her ham hocks showing, all of her body out here doing all, you know, enjoying her culture, enjoying the time, being free, because that's what carnival literally means, is the brightest, strongest ex expression of freedom. Mm -hmm. And like, that's how I got into it. And from there, I just continuously built upon it. Um, I would say I am going into the lane of runway modeling, but my passion is my, my first love is carnival for sure. So I'm more of a, I would say maybe new, new age model, new age model, but uh, I have way more, way more, way more love for Carnival. For Most sure. definitely, Patrice. And like you said, like, you know, women's body images in the industry and in general, like women are being more okay with being thick now and having curves, having a, a butt. They're cool with that now. Because I, I know some older women a little bit our age older than our age tend to still want to be in that old mindset of gotta cover it up they're looking at it you want all, all these women want to go get butt implants and get shots and get brazilian butt lifts to have butts and you're trying to cover up what god already gave you seriously Yes. So yes. accept what you, who you are and embrace it because guess what if they weren't looking at you then you'd be like why nobody looking at me Make up your mind, you know, accept who you are and embrace it and just be you. Right. And body positivity is for all shapes and sizes. It's everybody, whatever you were born with, it is beautiful. Like this was the body I was born with. This is the genetics that just made me me. And I'm embracing that because when I was younger, I was definitely one of those women, um, girls too, that was told, you know, make sure you don't cover cover yourself you don't want to expose too much because you don't want to bring so much attention to yourself and I'm like but at the end of the day how am I feeling about my own body mm -hmm. how am I feeling like mentally about um how I'm presenting myself because all of that plays a factor uh about how you think of yourself how you feel about yourself so it's so important to just embrace you now because now they're telling you that you need to change yourself in order to be accepted, especially in the entertainment industry. It's such a pressure. Um, you always have a spotlight on you or um, they have a zooming camera. Like as soon as you post a picture, somebody zooms in be like, and looks for your flaws versus just appreciating the bigger picture or like the artistry behind it. So like that happens all the time. So you have to develop a, a thicker skin um, and having more women that are embracing who they are now like from all from all races um i'm seeing that but what i'm not seeing in abundance though in this industry is 
women of a darker skin complexion that are plus size in this industry. And I am definitely am one of those people that's gonna make sure that we have that representation um, in the industry because representation matters. It matters so much. It matters yes. so very much because if you have somebody that's, wow, they're a model, they're okay with being on the road, they're uh, for carnival, they're okay with taking pictures and showcasing themselves like this. And I can relate to this. I now have the, that same um, audacity to go and do and chase after my wildest dreams as well. And like, and that is literally what we're supposed to do here on this earth is figure out how you can make an interesting mark on putting a benefit to the collective that inspires somebody to continue to be the best version of themselves and so on and so forth. And then you change the world by changing the minds of people. Yup, you gotta break down these barriers because like you said with radio for me, not too many young brothers got their own pro platform that had it for nine years and built it the way I built it to from, from the bottom up, right? Okay. Having to scratch and claw, but I'm, now I'm covering the Hawks, the Falcons and the Braves and whoever else I want to cover. When, I, when in the beginning I had to scratch and claw. So that's just to, just to get in the door. Now I'm in the door. <laughs> so it's like, so you got to start some, have a dream and have a, a vision and and just those no's will turn to yeses. Don't give up because yes. you get told no the first time. Keep oh. chopping wood, keep showing your worth, showing you have a platform. This is not the, a bigger name platform. I value my independence that I can have you on my show today. I don't have to ask a general manager, can I, can I interview interview Patrice Simpson? No, you can't. Who is she? I can do it because I want to. Because <laughs> I own this show and I own everything about this show. So have been able to break down those doors and represent yourself in, in those fields is so important. And like you said, I don't understand this whole thing about dark and light and you know in between because to me you're a beautiful black queen i don't care what color you are right you mm -hmm. know but there are people in our race who have an issue the darker you get and i don't understand it to this day we all we all came from africa you know they dropped you off your family off of trinidad and tobago they dropped mine off in haiti and then dr okay but we all came from the same place they just dropped, the, the dropped us off different places. One right. of us learned Spanish, one of us learned Dutch, one of us learned English, one of us learned French. And that's all it was. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we all care about Africa. <laughs> hey, I'm picking up what you're throwing down. Uh, but just to let you know, you touched on that, that this is something that unfortunately happens. It doesn't make sense of why we are all a part of the same, you know, melanin spectrum. But the people that are in the let's say darker section get considered or tossed to the side because of you know let's, let's call whiteness. it say, right, right. <laughs> uh, you can say it here whiteness okay. <laughs> <laughs> right so because of that um you know I remember being in high school and being told that you know you're pretty for a dark skin girl oh, oh I hate hearing that that's that's pathetic that would offend me Right. So like, and still, but I never really truly had a, like a, like a distaste for my skin hue. Cause I, I never understood like, what's, what's the difference between whether it being dark or light, like it's, it's whether or not, you know, who the person is, like your character is not about, you know, the color mm -hmm. of your skin, but the content of your character. 
So I never really truly despised my skin type at all. But I just always noticed like those subtle differences of interest where I would hang around a group of different um, girls growing up and maybe my lighter skin friend would get more attention than my me and my darker skin friends. And it would be things like that. And there was, you know, um, just like little like stupid things that um, children would do at that time that really stuck with me. And it made me have to like develop an idea or perspective of myself and having to wear my hair a particular way. Like I wore weaves for so long to the point that I'm like, I have to undo the damage (laughs) of me trying to at least feel some sort of acceptance from that instead of just embracing my blackness in its entirety from my crown and to the bottom of my toes and feet. And that has really truly made a difference on my current path and course of life and just embracing all that I am and making it live in harmony. Because I wouldn't say that I'm like the most average black woman. Like I have interests um, that range from carnival, from grant writing to uh, working in a nonprofit industry and working in entertainment as an entertainment uh, executive director for Hot 365 Atlanta and and probably another project forming. It really depends on where I, I feel, you know, it going. But that w- is the foundation, is confidence for yes. all of these things. And going back to how you see and view of yourself is how you're going to continue to market yourself farther. So me having that experience really helped me recognize how I can help someone else younger than me avoid that. So I wanted to touch on my actual dream. Just do it. (laughs) I, my dream is to own an entrepreneurship academy and to teach young people um, the fun, the basics of entrepreneurship or what to expect, um, what to look for, really building a real true um, starting map for them that's customized to their own interests. And by doing that, we got to, you know, get our Shark Tank investors. So that's in the works. Yes. So yes. It's definitely in the works. But I want to have a brick and mortar location for them as well as having it online. Like just their own path, their own college course. Because not everybody's built for college, but everybody is built to at least do something that they want to do in their life. And entrepreneurship may be the route for them. But I just feel like that is going to be the quintessential, providing them that opportunity and that knowledge. If you give them the tools, then it's up to them on what they build. I'm like, they at least just need the tools first. So I'm taking on Yes, and it's funny you say that. I have a minor, entrepreneurship is, is my minor actually. You know, my, deg- my degree is in business, but my minor is entrepreneurship. And okay. I, I've seen a, I've seen something like your idea and when I was in college where they housed different businesses underneath one roof and they helped push them and give them a place to kind of get them started and push. So I could definitely talk about this offline, but I, I, I have some ideas because, uh, you know, I didn't major in communications for a reason because I figured if I didn't get a job in communications, I'm screwed. So let me get a major in business because if I'm making a radio, 
well, I'm going to do the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, I majored in business. I want to learn about how to market, consult, manage, right. write my own business plan, you know, be, be my own PR person. Cause I, I do my own PR. I don't have, a, I don't, I have a lawyer. I don't have a PR person. Like I write my own contracts and re, and have somebody read them for me. So I value low overhead, you know, and I value yeah. touching all my functions because people say you should you should delegate no i like being able to know where everything is going well this is my baby i create this baby <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> so oh, i get it <laughs> so so yes entrepreneurship is so key and, and and as um as a model an influencer a grant writer and a virtual assistant you are an entrepreneur you are your own business you are your own brand so you are the ceo of patrice incorporated you know so you have to look at it that way and, yes. and every every move you make has to benefit the bottom line of your business and your dream and your value going forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, it's so interesting that you say that because uh, I would say maybe three years ago, I would have never thought I would officially have the, let's call it the balls to, to start um, my own business. Um, I had it as an idea for so long. But to say that I wanted to, and I mean, I'm referencing um, Patrice J. Virtual Assistance. Um, that's something that just came about kind of post-pandemic. Was beforehand, I was in the workforce. And then this happened, and I just had to do something that I knew that was my heart song. And I enjoy projects. I enjoy administrative work. It's just something that this you know is natural to you. I've worked in corporate America for 10 years. This is like, this is lightweight, this is nothing. But to be able to go back into the, the college community and be able to set, um, found some little like, I would say maybe their own entrepreneurship schedule for college students that they can go and, and see jobs posted on a calendar and go apply and apart from their own work that they're doing in school and just tailor it for those kids, it's just different. So for me, that's like giving back and that service work, um, a part of helping them too. So having that really like from the ground to now, so it's really, it's been really, really, really great. And I'm just, oh, I'm just happy for the journey of life. I'm just happy for the journey of life and really just continues to work on you, like working on you. You cannot cheat this grind. There is nothing. You cannot cheat this grind. You got there right. Every day the grind is real. That's what I always say. Yeah. Every day yeah. the, ground is, the, the grind is real. And let me ask you about this. The women's body image is commercialized in, in the Carnival Caribbean community. Tell us about that and housing in Atlanta and, you know, What's what's kind of the, the mindset of people here in Atlanta and the South about that right now? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> being raised in the South, I my body shape was always accepted. <laughs> so, um, but it was at the same time um, not necessarily like out there um, in abundance, like for to see women of a, uh, of a heavier set really wearing revealing clothes because, you know, we, we take that, we, you know, we put the notch up high when it comes to our carnival costumes. I think one year they're just gonna spray paint body paint 
us and just put the bedazzles on us in a back piece and say, that's your costume. <laughs> and we're going to feel okay about that. But it's um, because it's the spirit of it. So it's, I think for, for what I experienced in Atlanta um, DeKalb Carnival parades, it's been more so of observation. Like they don't, they love it, but they're like not accustomed to this type of culture. So the response has been welcoming and also, hmm, what is this? This is interesting, this is new. Um, from that aspect, from being in the Caribbean community in Atlanta uh, for, for women that are um, plus size, they would just have, well, I recognize a lot of bands, what we call it. So there's groups of, um, different um, I have I'm a part of vibes and vision there's different groups or bands that are on the road and everybody's of course um personalized to whichever uh you know representation that they want to be able to express for them so lots of bands would either have costumes that are just designed for skinnier women only and then they'll have more body representation and, uh, and inclusivity in other bands for the one that I'm a part of vibes and vision Shout out to them. Um, we are definitely body inclusive. So you'll have, you'll see something from the skinniest of women to the most curviest of women. And that has been a half and half. So there's some bands that are accepting of it and there's some that are, then they go with the more traditional, like international, um, I guess, representation that's out there more mainstream commercialized representation versus for what's here. And I feel for what's here is what works because that encourages more people, like real people, people who are not, you know, nipped and tucked and vacuum sucked. Um, no, nothing, no shame in that, if that's what you want to do. But I just personally would love to represent a real woman with a real body shape and who decided to love themselves as they are and if you don't like something go in the gym and change it if that's what you want to do because that's what I'm doing I don't like cellulite so I'm doing squats until it's gone exactly and I can see in your photos on your page that you, you're confident no shame and yeah. I've also seen you without makeup too which is good like now <laughs> you know so you know sometimes like some people they they ain't gonna see them without makeup or without being in their tip top, whatever, like you're you're naturally who you are, and you show who you really are. You're not scared of your body. You know, some women in your position wouldn't even show their stomach. They wouldn't show stretch the net the natural stretch marks and like that. So they want to cover it all. And I'm like, be you. You know, please, because that is such a great branding piece of seeing a woman who is boldly and bravely accepts all of who she is it gives others permission to do the same because that is what it's did, done for me to see women um on instagram or wherever embrace who they are right now completely and love it and love it and then that person turns and looks at themselves in the mirror and says i love the person staring back at me and i get messages all the time when i and at different carnivals and I get this from either my network or people I don't know that are like I want to participate now because I see you do it 
And I'm like, this is what it's all about. This is my life. This is why I'm doing this. Because this has set me free emotionally. This has broken me free from from issues or chains of just thinking negatively about myself. And changing that idea has changed my world, literally has changed my world. That I, at one time, didn't have the confidence to start a business. Changing how I viewed myself gave me the confidence to start a business. Changing how I viewed myself gave me the confidence to pursue my passions and modeling further and so on and so forth. All of that starts with how you think of yourself and body positivity is like literally healing women, literally healing women. The showcasing this in a, um, a great way um, is, is just really truly helping the my community as well as I believe the world of women. Exactly. And like I said earlier, we got forgot going about how I've matured in my thoughts on women's bodies. Like I dated few women in the past who had to put on just a girdle to go to the Walmart and put the, the girdle on. I'm like, just be you. Why are you putting this girdle on and this 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 choking you almost? You know, I'm like, just be you, because you with me. I, I I but I care. But I'm the dude. I don't care. I, I like you the way you are. I'm laying here with you in your natural state, waking up to your bad breath and all that stuff. But I, I'm here, right? In your in your rawest form, I'm with you. Why you got to go through this? Go to the Walmart. You know what I'm saying? So I want women, even in that, just women who not models, not in carnival, just understand, be, accept yourself because if a guy's with you, he's with you. He obviously don't care. And I, if you don't like, if you don't like something, Let's go to the gym. Let's go see what we can do around it. But let's not go get surgery and get sucked out. And that, 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 that can backfire too and cause more problems down the road. You know, that's, that's, that's the part that I, that I fear for women who get that, that in their heads. I've got, I got to go, go go get a procedure. You know, that can backfire mm-hmm. still too. And you, and you still not be, have the satisfaction that you want or the confidence that you desire. Exactly. Like, I don't necessarily agree with women who, um, after a breakup, decide to go and get a revenge body. Like, that shouldn't be your factor of wanting to go and, and change yourself in order to make someone else jealous. You should want to do this for your health first. Yes. And because you want to. I'm like, if you want to change something about yourself because you feel it's going to make you feel better about you, do it. Like I have friends who want to have a Brazilian butt lift or I have friends who actually had um, cosmetic surgery for their breasts um, or whatever else that they want to do. And I support it. If this is a you decision, if this is something you specifically not want to do, not to get the attention, not to do anything externally, but just simply acceptance of you. And that's it. Like for me, I would love to have um, my idea of a flat stomach like Tabria Majors, but her stomach is natural. So I'm like, I know that she worked in the gym for that. So I know what I have to do for it. So I know this is something that's not going to happen from liposuction because that's scary. Liposuction is very scary. Like that's what they don't tell you because you're, you're shoving this metal object in between a layer of fat and your actual muscle tissue and hoping that that layer doesn't like 
continuously just stay like that instead of being flushed like this. And that goes in a completely different direction. But going back, um, I completely understand uh, from why even women would want to um, feel like the need to, to do that. But I just don't, I don't agree with, with changing yourself or anything externally. Do it for you. Do it for you exactly. only. <laughs> only. That should be your only reason. Exactly. You know what's interesting? I'm going to ask you this question because I'm a only child too. So how was it be being like an only child? How was that? Um, you know, I would say I wasn't necessarily lonely, but I would have loved to have a brother or sister. So now I felt like that longing I kind of put on my friends <laughs> accidentally. Accidentally, not on purpose, not intentional. So I for the close friends that I have, they're family to me. Like I would, like if you need a kidney, I got you. Like we're friends. Yeah. You're, you're a better friend than me. I ain't doing that. I ain't going that far. <laughs> but that's because I didn't have a sibling. So me, it's like I love hard. I love very hard. Um, so if I am that close to you, and like we have, I mean, of course, this is something that's earned, not just me. Like, hey, do you need a kidney? I got one. Like, I'm not, like this is something that's earned and gradual through time to get this, you know, a stamp of I now consider you my family, um, and we are very close. So, um, I of course wanted brothers sisters at one point in time. I really wanted to join a sorority, <laughs> like just figuring out healthier, healthy options to fill this void. But I think. Um, I just eventually just started to do what any, every only child does, grow up selfish and, and read, <laughs> read, yes. read books and be um, not really willing to share and stuff like that. But uh, that, was, that wasn't really me. I always kind of acted like I had brothers and sisters. I, I was just always fascinated with people and my relationship I have with my dad, he's like my big brother at the same time. So. I was, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, man, my dad taught me oh so much stuff. And, you know, I thank him for his lessons he gave me because they all ring true today. All the lessons he gave me still ring true as we speak today. And, you know, you went to HBCU school. So tell me, how was that experience? Because I, I, I did as well. Tennessee State up in Nashville. So I went to school there. Right. So, he was one time. Yes, paying college of my heart's desire. Ah, yes. I learned so much about the art of the hustle going to an HBCU. I think there is really where you find yourself because you're fresh, you know, still wet behind the ears from high school. You don't know nothing about nothing. And then you have the audacity to want to even be a student leader on top of that going to a school. So that was me. Um, I ran for being first vice president um, of Student Government Association and succeeded to SGA president as, as a sophomore. And that's a whole different story. We'll talk about that offline. <laughs> okay, no, definitely. <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> but that position made me recognize a lot. So, you know, that's like circa 2009, 2010. So that's young money was all the rage. 
Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna make your bed right, girl. Yes. <laughs> so, so at that time, um, you know, still trying to find what my um uh, my look is, particularly. So I love Nicki Minaj pink track in the back. Tell me why I had a gold track in the back. Wow. I mean gold. Wow. Like, it was not blonde. That was gold. and i'm doing this running for a student leadership position with long acrylic pink nails that probably come out come out to here through barbie (laughs) through barbie okay and i had the nerve to be like hi i'm running for first vice president student government association and from there like that experience I talk about like really helped shape my mind on politics and business at the same time, seeing how the institution was ran as a business and also seeing um, the service work, the real true heartfelt work that you have to have behind really caring about these students and everything that else that goes behind it, the budgets, um, coordination of events, activities, getting in contact with staff um, and professors and just creating pretty much our own world. And it was that way for four years. And it was so beautiful. Like when it ended, I I was like, nah, they're gonna tell me that I didn't graduate. They're gonna take my degree. Like it's not, it's not over, is it? It's not over, right? It's over, you graduated, you're done. Take your degree and leave. So now, <laughs> so now I just go back um, when I can and I go for either playing College Fest or Homecoming. And it just, you know, it's a nostalgia that you always stay with. You always stay, always, always stays with you. You see how I lit up when you talked about my HBCU because it was such a great experience for me at that yes. time to, to really understand who I am as well as how I can fit in this world as a Black professional. Um, HBCUs are so important because a white person, a white professor cannot tell you what it's like to work in corporate America as a black person. Sure can. Only a black professional can tell a black student what it's like to work in a white professional environment and how to thrive and succeed in there and what to expect. Because those were the conversations that I was having in the classroom and my media communications, mass communications, PR, radio, all that. Those were the conversations that we were having of how we can put our own standpoint in this world or our own footprint into this world um, and not stem away or sell out or go away from the purpose. And that is to bring, reach back, bring each other forward. <clears throat> with your own objective and and personal um talent so that that experience with hbcu will always stay with me we need that that is something that cannot ever go away in every area of the country that it exists it has to continue to thrive because we i love us for real we got to take care of us for real you got there, right? And Tennessee State University helped mold me. A lot of people I'm still close to to this day up there. 
that are still there and some people are friends. I, I mean, on one of my segments, The Boss Report, my co-host, one of my best friends from college, met him where? At Tennessee State. So just right there, my show, my best friend from college is on the show with me every week on The Boss Report from Memphis, Tennessee, over there in the 901, you know, so, you know, doing it big over there. So, yeah, pain, no doubt. It's funny you mentioned politics. And, you know, I also told you about it off the air that, you know, here in Georgia, these Republicans passing laws, they can't get people water. It's a failing to give them water at the, the polling place and, you know, mm -hmm. limiting drop boxes from nine to five. So you, so you can't go drop it off while you, you're doing work, you're doing the work hours. So, it so you usually people drop it off in between when they on the way to work or after work, right? Anytime, right? Now you got to go doing voting hours. You know, also now you can't need an ID to get, uh, request absentee ballot. No more, no excuses. You know, it's funny, Patrice, that because mm -hmm. Reverend Warnock won, John Ossoff won, and Biden won, Georgia, all the rules had to be changed. Because, But these are the same rules that they put in place years ago. And because it didn't suppress enough votes. And because when we turn out, blacks, browns, Asians turn out, they lose. They're going to make it harder. But little they realize, Patrice, they're going to end up hurting their own people, too. Because in rural Georgia, they're not going to go with the ID, and they ain't doing all that. So you, ultimately, you're going to backfire and hurt your own people, too. Very true. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really trying to think of an HR appropriate way <laughs> to express my thoughts right now. But is this this is this platform? This is a show where I can express how you I can feel. say it because I, I told okay. I said whiteness earlier, white supremacy. <laughs> I'll just say right. it out loud. <laughs> um, historically, um, for what we know about. Um, this particular section of people or white people is that they most definitely would rather kill their own than see them do anything to disrespect their their idea of disrespecting um, their whiteness. And I think when you're dealing with that type of mentality of a people, um, it, you, you're like, you're in a very interesting fight because that means that they would rather see their, their child um, dead than to be a conformer or a aid, an ally to what's right, essentially. So um, it doesn't surprise me that this is happening. It doesn't surprise me that this was already established and they just decided to enforce it. It doesn't surprise me at all. This is like, this is how, what we now are seeing people <clears throat> reveal their, they're taking off their hoods yes. and revealing their faces and letting us know proudly and boldly that this cannot happen because with progression, there's always going to be some group of people that do not like it. Mm -hmm. and do not like this changes. This happened in the sixties in abundance um, when we were trying to get the right to vote and they were like, oh, absolutely not. This is not, not on my watch. And then you see all of these people with their own now. And at the time, they didn't have it in abundance, but they did work, they were out there, were being killed too because they were an ally. So it's, um, we have a lot of more work to do, but I think this is a great thing if you look at it from a perspective of now you know who 
these people were with hoods on because for a long time we did not have we didn't have any idea of exactly who were who was in on the side of of the KKK was called. Mm -hmm. Now we know. <laughs> right. No pretenses have been left. They right. dropped all pretenses now. We know. <laughs> they dropped all pretenses. We know now. And I'm glad. Exactly. So it's like it's a lot easier to fight the enemy when you can see them when you can't. It's a lot easier to do it that way. It's a lot easier to be able to recognize exactly who your enemy is now when they reveal themselves and their true agenda and their real focus on absolutely not. We can't have Georgia as a blue state. This hasn't happened since 1992. Since 1992, this state had one consciousness of being Republican or being in the state of keeping it in the 50s or the 40s, of keeping it into this leave it to beaver age and era uh -huh. and having this like this need to to compartmentalize everyone and everything and have it in this kind of i call it stoic <laughs> kind of system yes leave it at that and now people are like i don't live in this box i live outside of the box and there's a lot of us that's like we live outside of the box why are you living in this box you want to live in the box Leave the box over there but this is like the current consciousness is now we're together. Your children are now looking at you like you're crazy. Like, why do you hate these people? And that's different. And that's a different conversation now. And now we're getting to a place of we are finally having this conversation that we've been screaming of a topic that exists and that white people have continuously acted like they did not hear. And now it's being put on the table of you must now, because we are active voters now, mm -hmm. make changes for progression to include a fair living for all people, especially black and brown people, or specifically black, but all people. To yes. just really have a fair chance at life. That's all we've been asking for. We're not over here assembling in masses like you think to how are we going to overthrow the suburban community? Let's take them down one by one. Nobody is doing that. Nobody. Like, you feel that way. You're, that's your fear because you created that because that's what you're doing. Yes. So you're living in this, in this crazy cycle of before they get their pitchforks and come to our door, we got to do something. And Black people are over here eating popcorn, looking at y'all kill each other um, at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. The white, I call that the white riot. That is very interesting. That's what I call it. We couldn't even enjoy one knocking us off because of the, the white riot on the 6th. <laughs> the coup d'etat. The overthrow, overthrow to keep their, their grand wizard. <laughs> at the head of the K of the KKK, the living Grand Wizard has that with the fake gold hair. Oh my gosh! I promise you, I will still be your president. No, you're not, sucker. You're gone. So if you know, the, the <laughs> Grand Wizard who called Georgia wanted three and four recounts is still lost every time. <laughs> right, and I'm still trying to figure out what this symbol means. Like, what does this mean that he always did all the time? What is white it? power? Oh, 
it's the okay. coded white power because you know that's you do that, that that's kind of the white power symbol yeah that's what okay. that means so yeah yeah okay. he, that, 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 that's that little that's that little that's that little know the white power and to those proud boys it looked a little signal he he would use the signal that's what that was right stand stand back and stand by he said yep well i'm, I'm gonna stand stand by and fight you using this show talking to cliff albright and great palace and ari berman i'm fighting you back republicans and speaking of republicans i sent you about my friend who got fired at etsu jason mm -hmm. shea a, a white ally a guy who stood up with his players and the lawmakers of tennessee forced him out of his job Boosters took away the the, the, the coaches' little cars they gave them as loaners, um, mm -hmm. threatened to take away funding, and forced him out, standing up for his black players. And we're gonna we're, we're gonna fight it. I'm banging the drum for Jason Shea, hashtag support Coach Shea, and I'm talking to representatives in Tennessee about this on the show about what we can do to keep putting pressure. You know, um, rising coaches, the alliance has made a statement about it. It's crazy. Force yeah. him out of a job. He supports his black players in their right First Amendment rights. But it's funny about Republicans, Patrice, this. First Amendment rights only model when, when it's their narrative. When it's not their narrative, it, no, you don't have First Amendment rights. You're wrong. You're this and that. You need, you need to assimilate to what we say, do. No. Hell no. Yeah. Um, I tell my non-black friends all the time, in the day, you see it from your white lens. I talk to you about life from a black lens. So that's always going to be a gap there. Now, you can choose to understand my point of view and accept it, or you can choose to try to push back and tell me I need to assimilate, which I'm going to tell you no, or it's not this way, or both sides are bad. I don't, I don't want to hear both sides are bad ever again. Right. I don't want to hear that. It's one side is bad, the Republicans and the racists. And yes, there are racism in the Democratic Party too. There is. Now I'll get to that one another day on another show. But <laughs> the, the main point is, is it's based on of what two things: whiteness, white supremacy. That's the that's the common denominator. Whiteness. Okay. And I, I describe probably what it is. And and why here saying like assimilate and be presentable, and you gotta you gotta go with the program. No, I'm going with. Boss man's program. I'm going with JR's program. I'm not going with your program because I'll never be on your program. I, I was, my people were brought here to his criminal enterprise, the settler project. Okay. <laughs> his criminal enterprise, my people was bought here. It was dropped off and brought here in the slave trade. So let's, let's not do that. So when I give that history, I didn't choose to be here. I didn't have a choice in the matter. <laughs> but I would represent my diaspora. And I would support those who are true allies and friends, like, like Coach Jason Shea, who was forced out, sent up his place, First Amendment rights to kneel, doing the anthem. That's their own piece of protest. So you're trying to tell me protest is, protest is, is illegal, unless it's for conservative values, like, oh, trying to steal an election? I'm just saying. But that's Republicans for you. Hypocrites. But they'll be talking about white Jesus on Sunday and toting their Bibles like they're oh so um, Christian. You know, so yeah. There right. you go. Yeah. Yes, we say, once again, we can say this on the show because guess what? I own this show and it's distributing rights. So I can say whatever I want to. So there you go. You feel free, Patricia. You're good. <laughs> okay. 
I'm like, don't get me started on the church. That's that's a whole different can of worms for me. Or like, I just seen a video and they were discussing, um, like, literally, it seems like it's there's meetings from from that video, uh, discussing the little Nas X um, video that came out and how oh, yeah. he has Satan shoes and how they're trying to stop the the sales of this shoe. And I'm like, this man. I really strongly do not feel that he worships Satan. I really feel like he's just doing this for, for marketing purposes, just for a conversation starter, just to, and if you've seen the video, uh, which I have not, but I have heard that um, you, it's, it's his expression of artistry. It, it means something deeper than the surface, but Christians just couldn't get over that he was twerking on Jesus's lap. I mean, that, excuse me. Satan's lap, not to get confused, <laughs> but that was a, uh, I mean, I didn't have any issue with it. I, you know, appreciate all forms of artistry, but I, I can understand how it could offend people. <sighs> hey, That's my two cents. <laughs> I must do you. My whole thing always been for people, do you. Right. Whatever you do, do you. As long as it doesn't affect the boss man on the boss man show with me personally, do you. I don't care. That's how I feel. Do what you got to do. I don't care. I ain't going to stitch on you. I ain't going to tell on you. I don't need to tell on me what I'm doing. So do whatever you're going to (laughs) do. And I'm cool with it. As long as it don't affect me, my bottom line, go for it. Yeah. I just have the issue with the pick and choose with... um the Christian community of what upsets them because Billie Eilish had a video where she was um, like really like dark and twisted and saying how she like loved the devil and stuff like that and you didn't hear anything about it like if you go watch that video that's more disturbing to me than this Lil Nas X video mm-hmm. and fun fact Lil Nas X and I actually went to the same high school not at the same time but we went to the same high wow. school with Springs High School so I'm not being biased, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, I just, I just think it's really interesting how you can pick and choose for the same type of narrative from a white woman, you know, expressing her love for Satan and this person doing artistry in regards of just doing something a little bit, you know, different <laughs> than, than, you know, considered um, normal, but that's his artistry. And I just, I don't, I don't think like that's okay. Like if you're not gonna like something, don't like it across across the board. Exactly. No matter who does it, don't pick and choose what you don't like. You got that right. Before you wrap up here, Patrice, tell us people how to find you and what you got coming up here in the near future, so people can keep up with your great work and your great uh, progress here and your dreams and visions here that you got coming up here in 21 and beyond. Yes. Yes. Uh. So what's happening this year is Mora modeling of vintage queen, natural vintage queen. You can see more pinups of me coming this year. You can find me on Instagram of at labellatrice, and that's L-A-B-E-L-L-A-T-R-E-E-S-E. And find more information on what's happening with Hot 365 ATL at hot365radio.com is a station made by DJs for DJs. And those who love music, we have dope mixes from a range of awesome, awesome DJs um, from Soka 
Afro beats all the way to your latest um, independent artists and new music out. So download the app and start listening because you don't want to miss that. We've been going up. And also grant writing website coming soon, but you can get tag me at LaBellaTreef on Instagram. So um, feel free to just send me a message. I don't bite. I respond back. I'm a nice person, pretty laid back, easy to get along with. You know, if you like anime, definitely let me know what your, you know, latest anime show that you're looking into. I'm looking to get into some more anime and trying to get well-versed because I'm also interested in cosplay. So any cosplay convention coming up, DM me. Let me know. No doubt. Folks, that's Patrice here on the Boss Man Show. Check her out. It was fun to talk to her for almost an hour. Perfect. People, check her out. We out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.